hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm? What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. For some people, communication and relationship might be the biggest challenge when it comes to sex. For others, vaginal dryness or pain. But then there are men and women who have some sort of physical incapacity, maybe a spinal cord injury, missing limbs, or hips that don't move. And while you might not think of arthritis as an issue when it comes to sexuality, think about how difficult it is for someone with severe joint pain and limited mobility to accomplish simple day-to-day tasks, such as opening jars, climbing stairs. The mechanics of having sex make it seem out of the question. But I'm here to tell you that no matter the physical challenge, sex can be not only possible, but pleasurable. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Heather Howard, a clinical sexologist, the founder of the Center for Sexual Health and Rehabilitation, and the developer of Ergo Erotics, which facilitates sexual pleasure for people with those physical challenges that make sex challenging. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Lauren. Thank okay. you for that So we just have to tell everyone, yeah. we've known each other a long time. Yes. And I don't know if you remember, but the first time that we met was I was at a sexual medicine conference and it was like the fourth lecture of the day. And quite frankly, I'm thinking I'm really not learning anything here. And this is just, this conference is not great. And then you went up and you gave a talk and I, my jaw dropped. I was just blown away. And I thought this made it worth coming to the conference because it opened up a world to me that I did not know existed. And that we need to be having this conversation, not only with among clinicians and physicians, but with our patients. So just start by telling. Yeah, no, but it's true. It's true. And that's why in my, in my very first book um, on sexuality, sex RX, I had a whole section that I devoted to ergo erotics. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you for the work that you do. And, and so start off by telling just what, what exactly is ergo erotics? So ergorotics is a process which applies the science of ergonomics to erotic activity. And ergonomics is really fitting the activity and the environment to the, to the needs of the people involved. So kind of like when we do ergonomics for like you're, you're adjusting your desk, you're trying to work, you're trying to make your neck at carpal tunnel syndrome. It's exactly doing something to make physical stuff easier. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, with sex, having, you know, pleasurable stimulation often, involves repetitive activities. It's exhausting. Exactly. And so the thing is, if you can get repetitive stress from typing, you can get repetitive stress from stimulating yourself or from moving in a certain way. And so we really need to think about how do we manage this when people are hoping to have pleasure, but they're also really feeling distracted by pain. What can we do to make this easier for them? Okay. So I I never asked you this. How did you get into this? Was anyone else doing this or is this something that this epiphany that you had that make you want to do this work? I I couldn't. Well, the thing is, I was working with clients. Well, I'll take a step back for a second. So I found myself in the field because I have a chronic health condition. Mm -hmm. And when I was seeking information from my physical therapists and my physicians back in 2001, there just wasn't a lot out there. Let me guess. They didn't bring it up. You, You know, they didn't say, oh, by the way, when you have sex, this might be a problem. Well, 
at the time I was debilitated. So, yeah. you know, they were really, I was trying to figure out how to sit comfortably yeah. and to walk. I couldn't, you wouldn't even I think do anything. Sex. Right. Yeah. Well, I was, but they didn't know I was. <laughs> right, right. Right, right. And the thing is, sex was flaring my condition. And so I was asking questions. And because I was comfortable talking about sex and I was asking for, you know, what devices might help or is it okay to have vibration or, you know, my, there weren't great answers then. And there's still not a lot of information out there now. But the thing is, my physical therapists and my physicians started contacting me and asking me if I would be a patient advocate for their patients. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I found my way into the field, because I had enough enough providers asking me to help their patients. I thought, maybe I should really be doing this. I think it's a calling. But was anybody else doing this? Well, not that I know of, you know, because I was dealing with trying to figure out how to rewire my nervous system to be able to manage pleasure in, you know, in, the, in light of pain. So yeah. how did I make all of that work? So that's actually what I did my dissertation on as well. Um, and no, so there wasn't really anything I could find about it. And and how about now? Is anyone else doing what you're doing? I mean, no one's you, but you know. Uh, well, in terms of ergorotics, not exactly. I was able to find studies on the mechanics of sexual movement or activity for people either with spine problems mm -hmm. or with hip problems. The thing is, they were fairly limited in terms of what positions they were looking at. Yeah. And they also, yeah, the interesting thing is also with like the hip problems, they were using really young fit couples and looking at what kind of movement they were doing right. when they were in positions and what might be, uh, what might actually cause, um, a, a new hit to, to become dislodged. Yeah. Or, um, you know, it's so interesting because we always talk about the romance of sex and, yeah. um, when your life is all about the mechanics of sex and it's equally important, you know, you, we, we have to pay attention to both. Do you have do. any idea what percentage of, women and men's because you deal with both of course over the age of let's say you know 45 50s we get into midlife what percentage of them have actual physical challenges that make sex kind of just off the table and i'm not talking about the men we're talking about vaginal dryness and all that kind of stuff but even just i mean you may not know that number because this stuff isn't documented but i can imagine when you just think in terms of how many people have hip replacements knee replacements arthritis it's got to be a lot yes Yes, and we know that uh, that physical limitations and and pain affect a large percentage of our population, somewhere around like forty percent or fifty percent. Yeah. I mean, who's going to get through this life without having some sort of injury, either that's temporary or something that's chronic and right. worsening, perhaps? Okay, so let's get specific. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's get specific. All right, so I'm going to ask you <laughs> something I've heard you say mm -hmm. is, um, and I think it's really important: is sex doesn't always involve a bed. Yes. So yes. <laughs> tell us about so, that. Well, we, we want to think about, you know, exploring pleasure and we want to create a playground wherever that may be. Sometimes the bedroom, you know, people will associate their bedroom with sleep or maybe even these days with work. Lots of people have their oh, device, yeah. you know, their computers right. and their bedrooms and that's become their office now. Um, but we really want to think about where we have that facilitates comfortable activity. You know, maybe we have a better bounce with our sofa or uh, we may want to do some floor positions or we can get a good cushion on the floor. Maybe we prefer standing positions and the kitchen counter is a great support. Mm -hmm. All right. So while we're talking about cushions, uh, I'd like to think of it as the power of the pillow that uh, that the, the pillow is not just for under your head and the cushion is not just for under your head. And tell us a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. So we really want to get the body in the best alignment, either to try and if we're doing penetrative sex, we want to get the pelvises aligned if it's two partners, or we want to make sure that we're not causing stress with the neck or um, that our hips aren't in a strange position. So we can use pillows between our legs. We can use them if we're kneeling, like between the, the ankles and the buttocks and kind of sit down on a comfortable surface. We can use pillows under the stomach under the abdomen if we're on our on our stomachs we can use them under our lower back if we're on our backs and that changes our angles which yeah. may really reduce the effort that we make so on your website which is ergoerotics.com exactly e-r-g-o by the way, yeah, it's er, it's ergo, 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 ergo and, and then, then the word erotic erotics with an com. S. Because so, you actually not only do is a place you can purchase pillows and other accessories, but you show people how to use them. You know, like where you can put right. them, what you can do, and, and you're not just going to find that online. One of the things I talk about a lot is um, sexual activity after, say, a heart attack. I call it, you know how to make yes. sure you come and don't go. I've heard your lectures yes. on that too. They're very but, good. But one of the things is just having the stamina especially if you're the person on top to support yourself. So that's part of, of what we're talking about here. But and we can talk about that case. Let's come back. Let's to that. come back to that because yeah. that's common. But let's finish up on the hips. So, so for hips. So if what if the concern with this person is that they can't have their hips separated far, then we really want to keep the legs in a more uh, in a more parallel position. Um, for that case, what, what we'd want to know is how much are they able to bring their knee toward their chest. Mm -hmm. So if they've had uh, some sort of hip replacement where they're not able to move their knee too far to their chest, you know, beyond under 90 degrees, then we would be working with those limitations. So in a position like that, one of the easiest things I might recommend is putting a wedge cushion under someone's abdomen, like a high wedge cushion. So if we're thinking about if the person who's had the surgery is the receptive partner in this case, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about penetrative sex. I would think like one of the first things that comes to mind is we would put a nice large wedge cushion, uh, which looks like a triangle um, under their belly, let them lie on top of that with legs more parallel to each other. And then the partner can come from a a facing away position and they can come from behind and that position might work. That's also nice for the partner and back because they can be more up on their knees. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're using a large enough wedge cushion, that person's pelvis is raised to the height of the partner's pelvis. And of course, every couple has different pairing. But that's what I love so much. But what you do is you workshop it. You say, okay, there's no one size fits all solution because everyone Mm -hmm. is different. So coming back to the person who just posts, you just doesn't have stamina for whatever reason. There's a lot yes. of reasons that people don't have stamina. So what yeah. would you suggest for so someone who doesn't for, have stamina? So for the partner that's in the back, who's doing the thrusting, if you're saying like the partner who would normally be the, pen, the penetrative partner, um, being on the knees can be easier because they're not having to hold themselves up with their arms. Yeah. Um, so, so kind of uh, being up on their knees might be easier, less strain, or they might do well on their backs, having the partner be on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it depends on which partners involved and what you're noticing, right? Is our partner, as our clients are aging, everyone's having challenges. It's not just the one partner. Right, it's just an individual. One has to deal with hip replacement in one and post-heart disease exactly. in another. All right, let's talk about arthritis yeah. because yes. I think that's what I hear most about is yes. people that just say, you know, because of my arthritis, I can't spread my legs. I can't do this. I can't do that. So 
any, this is general because everyone is different, of course, but any general tips for people with arthritis? Well, we really want to be thinking about joint protection principles Mm -hmm. for, for all of us. But certainly when we have arthritis, it means that we're having often swelling or pain in our joints. We may have, if it's osteoarthritis, we may have bone on bone rubbing. Um, And so we want to think about how do we protect the joints best? So we would always want to move in the natural plane of movement of the joint. We don't want to Mm -hmm. strain it in the wrong direction. We want to actually use the largest muscles that we can around the joints to support the movement rather than have the joints be taking all of the force. Yeah. Um, We want to know that we can stop whatever we're doing immediately if it's painful. So we want to start things slowly and maybe, again, do a dress rehearsal or workshop an activity and see how it works. Um, and not get in a position that suddenly we can't stop if we need to. But also, you know, just with that same concept, there's this idea out there in the world that sex has to be spontaneous or it's not good sex. No, we shave our legs to get ready for sex, do a dress rehearsal, that, figure out what kind of position you're going to, Absolutely. You know, gonna I mean, think about when we start dating, we think sex is happening spontaneously. It's not. You're no, we're prepping it. for, you know, for hours for the possibility that it might of happen course. with that new so person. This is part of the prep. That's the right. thing also with the patient with arthritis, don't you, do you think it's important to even have things like a warm room instead of a cold room, you know? For, absolutely. Because it's, again, simple and, things. And that's an ergonomic people, adjustment which is making the environment comfortable yeah, you, because if you're cold you know it's funny and we won't get into the whole thing about the purpose of pubic hair but one of the purposes of pubic hair is to keep the genitals warm because mm. warm is better than cold when it comes to sexual performance yes. and certainly if someone is struggling with muscles that are tight or sore you know warm the lube and i don't mean chemically warm i mean make the lube warm by putting it in a warm bath beforehand or exactly. using a lube warmer warm the room you don't have to be completely naked you know you can have the important parts naked and the less important parts clothed. So there's all of that. Has anyone ever gone for a massage in a cold room? Never. Once I did and I complained, I said, you know, I'm not modest, but I need two more blankets just because I'm cold. So that doesn't surprise me. It's, it's, yeah, Uh, yeah. it's so, Let's talk for a second. We've been talking about partnered sex. Yeah. And, well, and I want yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's a good segue because when you were mentioning arthritis, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. Yeah. Um, when, you know, often what happens if we have uh, with, with, um, with rheumatoid arthritis, the pain may be in the hands or right. in the wrists. Right. And so that may make a challenge for self-stimulation. Right. So, you know, people may have a difficult time re- like continuing or doing repetitive types of activities, let's say for clitoral stimulation yeah. or for, for stimulation of a penis. Right. Um, and so this is where some devices may help. Or- okay, <laughs> my favorite device ever for the woman without, with, with arthritis who can't grip. Tell yep. us about that. Your favorite one? Oh, this is the one I tell patients about all the Which time. is your favorite? The, the glove. Yes. The glove that we call the handy harness. Yes. Very handy. And this isn't to open jars. Why don't you tell us about the handy harness? So, well, the harness is, is a harness just like others, which will allow us to have a toy, to hold a toy without having to grip it. I will tell you during the pandemic, the manufacturing has slowed down with those. So um, it's been hard to get them, but they're incredibly important devices for people. I bet there's a DIY version. I'll have to think about that. You know, I do sew. I have my handy sewing machine and I'm always coming up. But I, you know, but basically what your handy harness is, it's a glove with a pocket 
to put the vibrator in, That's correct? right. That's right. It's a fingerless glove and it has a pocket on the palm of the hand, which is where you would insert a, either a dilator or a dildo or a vibrating uh, device. Um, but there are other devices. There are gloves we could put on that actually make the fingers turn into vibrators. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, nice. the vibrating fingers, mm-hmm. magic fingers. Yep. Or we can have totally hands-free devices, which allow us to rest our bodies on top of something that's vibrating or insert a vibrator yeah. that might be, you know, vaginal and clitoral at the same time. And then yeah. we could just use our hand to kind of direct it in the right place, but not have to hold. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. The, the, the devices that someone can purchase on, on your website, on Ergo Erotics. Are those devices that you designed and developed yourself or you have just found them no, out there in the world? No, and- I tried to do really good curation of what mm-hmm. I could find out there just to make things available to clients. Yeah. Whenever I found something that I thought would be helpful as an yeah. adjustment but device. you know the, the beauty of what you do, of course, is it's not enough to to buy the device or the accessory. You need to know what to do with it. That's right. And and that's your genius is yes. to say, okay, let's figure out how not only what you should use, but but how to use it. That's right. And and I'm often working with people's medical teams. So I might be working with you, or I'd be working with their surgeon, or I'd be working with their physical therapist or occupational therapist to know what's possible for them. And But really, what my goal is with any client is to ensure that they really feel like experts. Because our jobs are not to be the experts. Our jobs are to bring some expertise, but really each person is an expert in their needs and in their bodies. We want to just help them with ideas. So normally I will talk to them. I'll talk to their medical providers, depending on what the need is. How do they end up with you? Do people find their way on their own or are they referred by maybe a physical therapist or a doctor? How does that work? Some will find me on Google. Um, you know, if they, if they put in the right, I was going to say, what kind of search words, you know, can't have sex. It hurts hip pain. You know? Yes. Yeah, so it might be hip pain, sex, or it might be arthritis, sex. That's right. Or it could be, you know, if anyone's heard the term ergonomics that I don't imagine there's much on there for sexual ergonomics that they're going to find. So that's yeah. probably, unless they've read my term. book, you know, right. If they've read your book, certainly. <laughs> right. Um, but yes, I mean, if, if so often, if it's a particular condition and sex, they may find me. Um, so they'll find me through Google. Um, or, but they also may find me through their providers. Certainly people yeah. who have come to conferences and heard me speak or who sure. know me will be recommending this to their clients. Now, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, sure. because my patients ask me, does insurance cover any of what you do? No, I didn't um, think so. But but I want to talk about that because it's it's so important when you think about what people do spend money on. And um, I, I, you know, this is such a priority and people don't make it a priority. Yes. And sometimes it, it is something that's an out of pocket cost, but it's, it's well worth it. I once I was uh, I had a patient that was actually going to a completely different thing, you know, and that was an out of pocket thing. And she said, look, it was either go to Florida for a week or have sex for the rest of my life. And I picked sex for the rest of my life. So (laughs) that person really values their sex life and they've really thought it through. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. In my case. So the challenge is that, um, I am not a licensed mental health provider. I My PhD is in human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And there is no license in my state or mm-hmm. actually in any state for a sexologist. So I'm certified. I, I'm certified through um, a couple of different organizations. But uh, as a certified sex counselor, we use an educational model. We're not right. doing You're therapy. An educator. Right. I'm an educator. And, and so that's the challenge. There's so far... 
I just haven't seen an insurance company that knows what to do with someone like me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I love that. They don't know what to do with me. You mean your insurance company doesn't know what to do with a sexologist who does ergo erotics? Go figure. Yeah. And yet I have had, so clients usually can use an FSA or an HSA Mm -hmm. uh, if they have that for my help. Um, And also I've had some clients who've been able to use their company's educational reimbursement program. Do they have to say what it's for? Well, well we yeah. can write a, a statement that just, you know, it may be couples education, but certainly with So you have you have your name. your buzzwords that you can use that someone doesn't have to have their boss know that they're trying to get a harness to hold they their vibrator. They may not know the details. Orgasm. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, but for those who are comfortable, you know, a lot of organizations do have yeah. some educational reimbursement. So that's a way that people have been able to get some support. So can you talk about how people find you, um, you know, because you're in California, of course, um, but everybody's not. Well, but I work online and I have for years because people who have, you know, physical challenges live everywhere. Right. And so because I'm such a a specialist, people have been working with me online. So no one has to travel. They They don't need to travel. And the great thing is they can just take their computer with their camera into their playground, wherever that's located, and we can workshop this. So if people are comfortable, they stay clothed. And so they'll, they'll show me what they can do. So the key for an assessment is to figure out what people enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, what their goals are, what their challenges are, what's working already. And then once I understand what, what is working and, you know, get a sense of what they still want to add in terms of comfort or pleasure, then we can build from from a foundation. And if someone doesn't want to work with you specifically, but just wants to take advantage of your resources and your website, how do they do that? Absolutely. So the Ergorotics website has videos that are dedicated. To, there are three videos right now for sale that are targeting the most common health conditions that we see spine problems or back pain, um, hip and knee problems and surgery and or surgery, as well as pelvic pain. And I I really wanted to start with the most common health conditions Mm -hmm. that I was seeing that most people will have. And often they may have more than one of those things and their partners also may suffer. So I I actually looked at um, the the videos focus on penetrative sex because often penetration is the most difficult thing to do Mm -hmm. if someone has uh, mobility issues because it's, you know, there's partner position at the same time. And we really think about getting into and out of the position and also not just the static position, but the movement strategy. So we really look at shifting the paradigm of movement often Mm -hmm. for those couples um, or for those individuals. But the videos are targeted to couples um, where there would be a receptive partner, a penetrating partner. They don't, it doesn't matter what gender they are, um, but it's really um, just thinking about how we would, how we would combine bodies. Um, So they can find those on the Ergorotics website under, I think it's under resources. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also something for providers out there. So, you know, I'm not the only one who can support clients, physical therapists, occupational therapists, nurse practitioners, physicians. um, I know it's a physician assistant. That's something I take advantage of. That's right. And it's it's just what you do is so important because not only does it make a difference, but no one else is doing it. And that's, it's got to make you feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. Well, it does. And it also makes me, it motivates me to keep working hard and putting things out there because I know the need is there. Um, But I will say 
these video courses are relevant for providers too. Mm -hmm. They're not just for patients. And also there's for providers, there's a library of ergonomic positions, um, which, uh, and I developed this because I needed images to show my clients when I was talking to them about sex. I didn't find images that didn't look perhaps, um, a little too suggestive. I know that we're talking about sex and there's a suggestion in that, but also not everyone is comfortable seeing, right. you know, no one's supposed to get turned down looking at images. images. That's right. right. It's not about turning on. It's really about thinking through how it would work for bodies. So they show people in ergonomic adjustments. So it shows where they can place those pillows. Right. Um, so it's a whole library. So and it's, it's prepping for arousal video. as opposed to arousal. That's right. And it's so helpful to try these. Again, the dress rehearsal is crucial. I can't stress it enough because if someone's waiting until they're already excited and then they're like, how do we get into this position? Then they lose focus because they're trying to figure it's out. It's like how I tell people, if you're going to use lube, take it out of the box and open up the cellophane and you know get the screw top off in advance. <laughs> that is a great ergonomic adjustment. Yeah. So when we think about ergonomics, it's about having things at arm's reach and ready so that we can man- manage the flow of Manipulating sex. Manipulating physical environment so that you can get where you need to go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is, this has been great. And uh, once again, where people can find you and your information is ergoerotics.com. And this is Dr. Heather Howard. And they can also find me on heatherhoward.com. Heatherhoward.com. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Lauren. It's fun to be here. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. Just hashtag